The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A new flu virus found in Chinese pigs has become more infectious to humans and needs to be watched closely. Yep, that's the word of a new study. But experts say it needs to be watched in case it becomes a potential pandemic virus. But the really good news right now is there is no imminent threat. To find out more, we're joined by microbiologist Jason Tetro. You know him as the office, uh, the author, not the officer, but the author of The Germ Code, The Germ Files, and host of the super awesome science show. He's a friend of this show. Hey, Jason. Hello. How are you doing today, my friend? <sighs> it's wet outside, but otherwise, <laughs> it's not so bad. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I think back to six months ago. When we first started hearing about uh, the new coronavirus, uh, I'm not sure that I would have believed that we are where we are right now. Uh, I, am a, I totally agree with you. Uh, in that first month, my goodness, uh, we had heard about this virus, but we were told it wasn't spreading from human to human. We were told that uh, they, they were going to be able to stamp it out, um, you know, closing the markets, all of these types of things. But, but at the end of the day, um, sometimes whenever a politician says something, you may not want to believe that person. <laughs> yeah. and, and unfortunately, what they didn't actually tell us was that not only was it spreading from human to human, it was doing so incredibly efficiently. And so that's when, you know, we, we had to think about how are we going to deal with this. But by then, uh, it was just way too late. So here we are six months later um, yeah. facing the same pandemic type of situation we've had year in, you know, numerous times in the past. They usually last about 18 months. We're six into it. Mm. 18 months. Okay, well, it's interesting because, you know, we, well, some people trusted or some people took the information coming out of out, out of China with a grain of salt. There's a lot of folks out there that uh, don't trust anything that China has to say. Mm-hmm. So with word of this new flu virus, what do we do with that information considering where it's coming from? Well, you have to realize something. With COVID, everything was coming out of people's mouths at podiums. This is actually something that's coming from a study. And the study has actually been done fairly well. Uh, And if you actually look at it, it gives you an idea as to why at the moment it has um, become what we call the dominant or, or, you know, the most popular strain uh, in pigs. Um, You can actually see the process of how that's happened. And now you can see why that there is a risk that it may go into the human population. And the thing is, is that we saw this in Mexico back in 2009, and everyone just kind of went, oh, well, that's kind of neat. Um, and look yeah. where that got us. So at this point, people are saying that we need to be thinking about how we're going to be doing more surveillance of this particular virus. So in essence, whenever you go for a virus test in China, they're probably going to include this particular G4 in the testing to find out whether or not you have had it. And that will give us an understanding of you know, how it's possibly going to spread. And at the moment, there, there really is no sign of that. Okay, there is no sign of uh, there no. is no sign of that, and it's and it's interesting because on the text lines, like everyone, oh, you know, at first with COVID, people were like, there was no big real threat, you know. Mm-hmm. People are just finding it difficult, and who the hell to trust anymore, Jason? Oh, and I totally get that. I mean, <laughs> every single time we reach a pandemic, 
it gets flubbed up from the people who are standing in front of microphones, um, except for, you know, there are a few who haven't. Um, you know, Dr. Hinshaw has been fantastic. Um, so the thing is that when you're talking about a person who is giving you a live update about something that's happening in the moment, you have to realize that um, the science may not be absolute. Um, it may not be absolutely complete in terms of what they're telling you, and it's not necessarily their fault. Unlike what happened in Wuhan, where you know they basically just did not tell us. Um, sometimes you just don't know. But when it comes in a paper, like what we see with the flu, what it's doing is it's giving us all the data that we need to know. Like even for me, sitting here in Edmonton, and I now know how to be um, looking out for this particular virus and why um, it may be spreading into humans and what to look for to make sure that it, you know, to find out if it's going to actually have that pandemic switch. Uh, we didn't know that with COVID. And, and so you, it's one of those things where if we tell you it's coming from a paper or a scientific publication or something along those lines, then you know that it's gone through some pretty vigorous, um, you know, examination, peer review. Uh, and, and that's sort of what happened with this one. I should know, by the way, if it comes in what they call a pre-publication um, that hasn't been peer reviewed, then it's not necessarily something to trust. There's uh, and again, this uh, this study was published by the U.S. Journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, mm-hmm. and um, this academy is saying that. And maybe you can shed some light on this f- for us, Jason. Um, the study says that pigs are considered important quote mixing vessels for the generation of pandemic influenza viruses, and called for systemic or systematic surveillance of the problem. What are mixing vessels? Okay, so what this means is that uh, a particular animal can somehow harbor viruses that are preferential to other species. So a pig can harbor a virus that's for pigs. It can also harbor a virus that's for humans. It can also harbor a virus that's for birds. And then they all come into the same pig and they can mix around um, what we call reassortants and that will create new types of viruses. I have to tell you something, this is something that happens on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, We we see this all the time. What makes it different, what makes this particular one different is one protein, just one protein out of that flu came from something that made it better in pigs and possibly in humans. And this happened about five years ago. Um, And so it's just been growing and growing and growing in the pig population so that all the other types of viruses are kind of going away. And that makes it really prime for those pigs to be able to transfer it over to humans. Now, we do see this with regular seasonal viruses and everything like that. But this is one of those situations where we haven't seen this particular type of flu before. And so as a result of that, we need to be aware that if it does get into the human population, it does spread amongst humans that we're going to have to rush to get a vaccine as soon as possible. Could they start working on a vaccine now? Yeah, and that's what we've done with uh, the big avian flu. You remember the avian flu, the one that came to Red Deer, H5N1? Well, they've been putting that into uh, a vaccination process. Now, the H5N1 is a little bit more difficult to develop a vaccine for, um, but H1N1, which is what this new virus is, it's just H1N1 G4, um, we already know how to make vaccines for that. So it shouldn't be very difficult to be able to develop that. And if it does come out that we start seeing higher 
numbers in, in humans, then I'm thinking that within, you know, a few months, we would be able to put that into the proper, uh, you know, machinery, assembly machinery, and get that out there. But most likely, it'll only be necessary in certain areas of China, because they're still very remote villages. Yeah, and you know what, uh, Jason, I want to ask you about this, because Brian texted this in and said, let's just get rid of the pigs with this gene if ca- in cattle in canada if a herd of cattle tests a positive for something the entire herd is called why wouldn't the world start holding china's feet to the fire uh, do you remember uh mad cow disease yeah remember what they did they completely destroyed their economy mm. and remember when we found one one version of that here in alberta what happened to ralphie he, he literally found himself on the wrong end of a trade war as a result of seeing it. If you start looking at it from that perspective, yes, we can cull, we can kill different types of animals, and that will possibly create some hardship. But at the end of the day, what happens if you start killing significant percentages of the population of your pigs? I mean, we already know what happens when economies get hit as a result of a virus. I mean, (laughs) we're kind of living it, right? Well, how would you like it if all of a sudden your meat supplies were essentially disappearing to absolutely nothing, all because of a virus that may or may not come into humans? Um, Mark just texted in and said, you know what, a person would have to be a fool to trust anything the CPC government allows to be released to the rest of the world. Um, and he goes on to say, I can't believe they haven't uh, made them legally liable for their wanton cover-up and misinformation campaign. And, you know, was talking about the World Health Organization. There is a lot of questions surrounding the, the WHO and how it's handled this. Again, it's very difficult when you're lied to. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I have to stress that if we had known before the Wuhan festival on January 17th that there was going to be human-to-human transmission, everything would have gotten shut down. We didn't know that because they kept it from us. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, those three people who sit whenever you're looking at those um, uh, the, the, the press conferences at WHO, I mean, yeah. Mike is a great guy. And Maria is absolutely fantabulous. I was in Geneva uh, in September, um, and we were talking about Ebola at the time. So I know that these people are not, uh, they're not doing anything um, out of any kind of spite or, or, you know, malfeasance or anything like that. Essentially, they're working with the information that they've got. And, I mean, until you've gone up at the hill in Geneva and, and you've, you know, been on the fourth floor, you can't really talk about it. And I can. And what I can tell you is that they're working the best that they possibly can with the information that they're given. But if you're given bad information, it doesn't matter where you are. You can't necessarily provide the best advice well, and recommendation. And when you hear Dr. Fauci uh, speaking today, um, talking about the numbers possibly going that high, what goes through your mind, Jace? Oh, well, it, it just means that all the attempts that we made to make this particular pandemic different failed and we're just back to the old-fashioned pandemic timeline Um, because what ends up happening is you have a little bump and then people start to think well we've got to come in with some kind of ordinance some kind of rule some kind of legislation whatever it is Um, in this particular case it was lockdown quarantine we've seen this before and it was going well and then what ends up happening is 
a certain sector of the population revolts. And the last, when we talked back in March, I told you to expect this. Well, it happened. Uh, and yeah. then what ends up happening is that bump essentially comes down for a little bit, and then it starts to rise, and then it steadies off. It essentially just stays at a certain level, and it stays there. Because everybody was talking about curve back in the day, right? You know, mm -hmm. flatten the curve, halt the curve. Yep. Well, at the end of the day, that was just the first bump. The second part is sustained transmission and unstoppable transmission, and there's no curve. It's just a big flat line until it's burned through the population, and then it goes down. And that's essentially where they are. And we've seen with plague, cholera, smallpox, and a whole bunch of others that this is the way it's going to go until somebody either wakens up and gets back to that lockdown or um, it, it just ravages through uh, the population. In the U.S. right now, 2.7 million cases. There were 18,000 reported in the last 24 hours, mm -hmm. almost 130,000 deaths. Um, we don't have much time left, but uh, Europe has just announced it's opening its borders to 15 countries starting in July. Canada made the list. The U.S. didn't with uh, Europe opening its borders. Um, do you have any concerns there about uh, about uh, the potential for for more spread? Oh, yeah, there's going to be. But what's yeah. now going to happen is in all of these areas, these countries that are going to be allowing travel, we all know how to be able to control um, sudden outbursts of fire. It's just like people who understand how forest fires work. You know that yeah. you're going to get little flare-ups, but you know how to control them as well. We're not going to see anything like we're currently seeing in Brazil and the United States where they let it run out of control again. It's just not going to happen. Immediate contact tracing, immediate quarantine, following all the rules that have been set in place. Um, I wanted to, yeah, we don't have time for this, but I wanted to ask you about kids and COVID and, and if there's any more studies on transmissions with children and COVID, especially as we look at schools going back, um, you know, in September. Yeah, it's looking like children still are going to represent a very low risk for transmission. Um, we haven't really seen much of that going around. And so I think as we move towards school, um, we probably will have, uh, you know, the younger children having more contact than the older children, as it normally happens to be. But eventually we're going to come up with something that's going to be a happy median until we're able to get that vaccine, get it into the schools and get those kids protected. Jason, always great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. It was a pleasure. Take care.